Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. It is somewhat self-evident to say that a key mechanism for avoiding mistakes in the future is to learn the lessons from the past. Organisations and governments have mechanisms in place to learn such lessons, and yet there are many examples where lessons are certainly not learned or are forgotten. Last month, Lloyd's Register Foundation launched its Hindsight Perspectives programme to be more systematic about learning from the past. With me to discuss this new programme is Louise Sanger, Applied Research and Outreach Manager at Lloyd Register Foundation and a member of the Foundation for Science and Technology's Foundation Future Leader Scheme. Louise Sanger, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello, Gavin, um, and a warm hello um, to you all. Thank you for having me here today. So, before diving into the hindsight's perspective, I'm sure some people listening will be a bit less familiar with the work of Lloyd's Register Foundation. Can you give us just a brief introduction, who they are and what they do? Yeah, sure. Um, so the Lloyd's Register Foundation um, is a charity with a mission to reduce risk and enhance the safety of the critical infrastructure that modern society relies on. So in areas like transport, energy and food, and our purpose is to secure high standards of design, of manufacture, construction, maintenance, operation and performance to enhance the safety of life and of property at sea, on land and in the air. We also advance public education and skills for engineering as well by supporting high quality research and accelerating technology to application. We do this through our three goals, so establishing the best evidence and insight, focusing on the most pressing challenges, most pressing safety challenges and building global coalitions for change. So in terms of a challenge and, and what that might look like, how as a charity we can make a difference an example is our Safety at Sea Challenge. It sets out to have no deaths working at sea by 2040. That may seem an impossible aim, but wouldn't it be wonderful if there were no deaths working at sea by 2040? So we say aim high. There are nearly 100 large ships lost around the world each year. 24,000 fishing fatalities every year, mainly in Asia. So we look at the evidence, we build relationships to invest in new approaches and technologies to make people's lives working at sea much safer. So thinking then within that context about hindsight, there's obviously many different mechanisms for capturing lessons from the past. Why is a programme like the Hindsight Perspectives programme needed and, and what's it trying to achieve? So as you say, learning from the past, it's, it's an important part of making the world safer today. The aim of using Hindsight Perspectives is to support the Foundation's challenge areas to see what lessons can be learnt to inform approaches to current and future safety challenges. We're well placed as a foundation to try and tackle this. We're unique. We've got origins and relationships with the Classification Society, Lloyd's Register Group. So we've got independence, technical authority and a global reach. So key to the Hindsight Perspectives programme is our heritage collections, which stretch back 260 years. They've got all sorts of insights on previous technology innovations and transitions, including three industrial revolutions. So by learning from the past, whether it's through successes or failures, ideas, and policies that were used or not. The project aims to provide fresh context and insight to help deepen understanding of issues 
to provoke creative solutions to contemporary challenges. So as you say, learning from past mistakes and failures is nothing new. There are already a lot of existing tools and resources in place. Many of you might be familiar with the Swiss cheese diagram on risk. What makes this project different is that we can identify where some of the gaps are, what's being missed or has been forgotten over time. Also, another reason for the project is the tools that currently exist, they vary hugely. Many are free, but are long and heavy reads. Others are often disparate and hard to access. They're locked behind firewalls and subscriptions with little awareness of them outside of specific sectors. Others are doing their job very well. They're a good model to learn from. So, for example, in 2018, Intertanko and the oil company's International Marine Forum produced a report on sharing lessons from incidents. The UK aviation industry has an excellent safety record and mechanisms in place. Things like near misreporting to learn from incidents, their air traffic management hindsight magazine, which has evolved to focus on human factors in operations. They look at learning from everyday work so safety being always an ongoing mission. Others in the space like the health and safety executive have identified the need. They look at learning lessons, noting that after accidents or cases of ill health, many organisations find they already had systems or procedures, but these had not been complied with. So this is where this organisational learning is key. If the reporting and the follow-up systems aren't fit for purpose or they're forgotten, or if there's a blame or a fear culture, um, it puts people off reporting near misses and valuable knowledge can be lost. So we want to get to the root cause of events, uh, make sure they're identified and communicated, and that will make sure that recurrence is much less likely. But we also want to learn from successes. So you talked in that about tools, some of which were working, some of which weren't. But what kind of tools and approaches can be developed to help uh, ensure that knowledge from the kind of learning that you've got is actually shared? So an example would be since 2013, there's been a Lloyds Register Foundation grant helping Chirp Maritime make working life safer for seafarers across the globe. So Chirp is the Confidential Human Factors Incident Reporting Programme. It identifies factors that make shipping one of the world's most dangerous industries. Most critical to these are things like human factors, tiredness, stress, lack of training and the sheer loneliness of life at sea. So CHIRP offers seafarers a safe, confidential way of reporting safety hazards. It gathers reports from individual seafarers, which can then be used to raise awareness, but without identifying the individual. In turn, these seafarers report act as a bank of lessons learned that are analysed and shared to make the industry safer. So that might be a resource we can look at across other industries. In many cases, there are still barriers within individual organisations and within industries. Lessons learned only in silos and not widely shared so we've got the opportunity to provide a coordinated a central voice for the applied use of hindsight learnings making sure failures and the causes of them continue to be learned from long after the follow-up inquiries the legal cases and the recommendations have died down so crucially in terms of tools we want to find mechanisms develop tools to help share these learnings across different sectors and industries this will be by encouraging collaboration and openness. A collaborative approach was highlighted as essential, for example, by Dr. Graham Henderson, who's chairman of the Together in Safety Consortium. 
And the Lloyd Register Foundation already recognises the benefits of a hindsight approach. So if we can embed this, utilise it more widely across our activities, we can forge new pathways to, to impact and safety and hopefully encourage others to do the same. So we've understood the problem and the situation which you've outlined. How are you going to go about doing all of this? What, what are the actual plans for the programme? So the next steps are to continue to build the evidence base and see what other resources and activities exist. There's no point in reinventing the wheel. For example, there's a building for the future from the past initiative in the construction industry, lots of other insights to explore, especially in the learning from incident space. So the hindsight programme will initially look in depth at the maritime industry. We're all hugely dependent on the sector and on the people that work in it. So keeping them safe and well so they can return to their families is vital. Much of the food we eat, the clothes we wear, even the device you're listening to the podcast on is likely to have been imported by ship. Around 80 to 90% of global trade by volume is transported by sea. So in this maritime sector, for example, we're identifying the white space where a hindsight approach can add more insight into existing safety challenges. We're also going to look at other industries as well. To achieve this, the Hindsight programme has got three parallel strands of activity. So we're building a steering group to support and inform the direction of the project. There's research and engagement to involve new audiences and to help prove and promote this approach and building the evidence base. A key aspect of the Hindsight project and one of the trickiest parts is going to be identifying how to best marry up the potential learnings from our own archive collection with current safety agendas. So we're consulting with industry experts and stakeholders on their safety requirements to identify the most useful research questions. So they're sort of helping us to set the right exam question, if you will. Well, you asked about exam question. What what kind of exam questions do you think the programme will need to answer? Or is it too early to say? Well, I'm always saying don't reinvent the wheel, but we can learn from earlier attempts what worked, um, didn't and why. So, you know, what, what can we learn by looking at regulation and its implementation? Where is knowledge diffusion evident and what factors contributed to this? What elements were in place for successful technology adoption? What can the dangerous transition from wind to steam or steam to hydrocarbons tell us about the potentially hazardous transition to hydrogen today, carrier fuels like ammonia or methanol or indeed hydrogen itself? What needs to be considered in the transition from carbon to batteries? Despite many improvements over the years, maritime shipping remains one of the most hazardous industries and it's undergoing another major transformation with the accelerating decarbonisation agenda. So the hindsight approach and the questions can help us develop methodologies to make working at life, working life at sea safer. And if we can start to build answers to these questions, um, I believe there are exciting opportunities to make a real impact. I think it's absolutely fascinating if you've got data about some of those transitions we're all used to looking at uh, the history books about wind powered ships and then uh, and steam and so on and your organization of course has all of that information about how that actually happened and what the effect was on shipping which i think would be fascinating i did want to ask you how will this hindsight program be different to just any standard historical research project which would be interesting in itself of course 
Yes, it would. Um, we want to make sure it's, you know, it's useful. So first, we are going to identify the specific problems, develop the hypothesis and sense check it with industry experts, make sure we're, we're digging in the right places. And then the learning from the past can take place through the archival research. But to make a distinctive difference, to really bring the project to life, we're going beyond what we think of as the written, the published or the digital archive to also utilise and collate subject expertise through interviews and through interview material. In terms of the mechanisms that need to be in place, we need a whole portfolio of evidence, tools and resources beyond just um, the historical research. That said, in March, our first grant officially in the hindsight space commenced with History and Policy. That's a collaborative network based at the Institute of Historical Research at King's College London. And They have connections to academic historians all over the UK and across the world. Um, So it's a two-year funded project commissioning professional historians to produce hindsight reports. Their expert analysis of material in our and other specialist archive collections is going to be backed by wider research and by them talking to industry experts with specialist knowledge. They might explore things, you know, like how is technology incorporated into fleets and land-based infrastructure, whether safety regulation kept pace with change or not and they're going to look at what the lessons are for professionals and for policymakers today so this network of historians policymakers professionals will help us tailor the reports to the requirements of stakeholders so we want this academic rigor to have practical value and reflect the concerns of the of the present help me out a little bit just to get my mind around this with an example of a topic of interest and how this might work in practice. So if we were looking at the skill shortages, forgotten skills, for example, in the maritime industry, as another example, there's been a loss of skills within the maritime industry, both since the decline of the traditional wooden sailing ship and with other numerous changes to the construction techniques and materials used in the industry, things like prefabrication, the growth in vessel sizes, computer-aided design and, and so forth. The loss of skills in the marine industry has been highlighted as a concern at UK government level in recent decades, most notably with publicity surrounding the threatened closures of the Appledore shipyard and Harland and Wolf. It's also been the subject of many reports, including by the Ministry of Defence in 2006, the Institute of Marine Engineers, Science and Technology in 2016 and by others. In 2018, a detailed consultation was undertaken across 70 industrial organisations in Europe by the Maritime Alliance for um, Skills Strategy. They were shedding light on current skill gaps and the misalignment of skills supply and demand in the maritime industry. They identified things like shipbuilding, where gaps would be engineering, automation, environmental performance of vessels. They also highlighted the importance of capturing knowledge from shipyard retirees for newer generations so this knowledge transfer they looked at operations and maintenance at sea health and safety skills which are of the utmost importance to avoid accidents in the skills space from Lloyd's Register Group's perspective, changes in shipbuilding practice and materials techniques have in, impacted on the work of our surveyors. Uh, many older vessels are brought back into class and that often results in the need for surveyors to consult old plans and survey reports and historic rules and regulations for the classification of ships which po- form part of our archive collection. 
Other example areas of lost skills we could investigate through a hindsight approach, things like unmanned machinery spaces, the effects of automation on the human element. But as mentioned previously, the project itself would be informed by what's needed in current safety agendas, inviting contributions from experts. So given the ambition of the shipping industry to reach net zero by 2030 and the 2050 targets of the government, the strides towards uses of alternative fuels to decarbonise, as well as exploration of the use of hybrid and alternative forms of propulsion. There's a lot that can be learned by looking back at previous transitions. So how did changes in technologies and propulsion methods impact on skills and training? No, I can see that many of those would be very interesting, but also that you you do actually have to work with the industry to see what they need and, and what they want. Given that one of the reasons to have this kind of program is that some people are unaware or unable to access some of the lessons from the past. How are you going to ensure that what you learn from this program really gets out into the industrial community and beyond and is available for everybody? Yes, key to this will be engaging with with the stakeholders. So we'll use our unique relationship with Lloyd's Register Group, our existing grant holder networks. Um, Through these, we've got potential to reach a global audience. We'll also identify other industry experts and stakeholders and find out what they need. Through the programme, we also plan to engage with a wider audience, with policymakers, practitioners, educators, training establishments and so on. Another aspect will be linking up with existing cross-disciplinary research communities or creating new ones across academia and industry if needs be. Several people are studying lessons learned scenarios through the lens of a medical background rather than a purely historical one, so their approach can potentially provide some input. Interdisciplinary collaboration is going to be key to the project's success and we want to learn from other approaches and industries to address this type of research and really make it useful to, to more people. Can some of this work on hindsight be combined with other work on foresight? So looking forward to identify new trends and then backwards to see what knowledge we already have. How, how might that work combining them together? Yes, it really can, very much so. Um, So a big part, a key part is working with industry and with other stakeholders to understand their big safety challenges and how our project might help. For example, we've been speaking with experts from Lloyd's Register's Maritime Decarbonisation Hub to see what's useful to them. The Lloyd's Register Foundation also commissioned a range of insight and foresight reviews to explore and better understand contemporary safety challenges. These reports are openly disseminated to provide insights for the research community to inform wider debate in society um, about the engineering safety related challenges that we're investigating. So an example would be our foresight review on the public understanding of risk and what it means for our behaviour and public risk management in our societies, or it might be our insight report on sharing engineering data. It explores how increasing access to data and strengthening data infrastructure across the engineering sector can deliver a range of benefits, especially increasing safety. It also looks at barriers to sharing data, how different sectors are overcoming these using a range of regulatory and community-driven approaches. So in terms of hindsight, we'll use insight and foresight, not just our publications, but other other resources out there to inform the programme and to support the big global safety challenges the foundation's focusing on. 
the main global safety challenges that we are focusing on are safety at sea, safety of food. We're looking at safety of physical infrastructure, digital data-driven systems, safety for a sustainable future, improving access to engineering skills and understanding risk and behaviour to improve safety. And on that last challenge, it's worth noticing that we're recognising that perception of risk is an essential component of safety, but that other factors may be equally important. So by understanding behaviours in different contexts, the hindsight approach is something that can really help with, with this particular challenge. How do you account for different times, different contexts? I mean, how do you avoid hindsight bias if there is such a thing? Yes, that sort of danger of, oh, we knew it all along. Yes, yeah, certainly um, times, technologies, communications, societies changed in, in some cases almost beyond recognition. So we need to be mindful of the context, the attitudes of the time to keep this kind of approach useful. That said, there's still much that can be learned by better understanding and sharing the impact of innovation on the human factor by studying safety records and incidents, as well as using knowledge transfer to share the lessons of successful transitions from the past. We are using hindsight to answer a contemporary question. So to do this, we need to understand the context of the time. And we need to take into account how the world is today. The Lloyd's Register Foundation World Risk Poll is the first global study of worry and risk across the world. The findings from this launched in 2020, they're based on over 150,000 interviews by Gallup in 142 countries, including places where little or no official data exists. So giving a voice for the first time to millions of the world's citizens. The Gallup poll provides us with the first ever complete picture of the differences between people's thoughts about and their experience of risk. This insight will be and is already being used by regulators, business, government and researchers to develop relevant and relatable policies to empower people to take action, to save lives, make them feel safer. And it also provides really valuable insights and context for the Hindsight Project. So just to finish off then, looking forward, what what does success look like for a project like this? How will you know at the end that you've really made a difference and achieved something? So there are several different strands to success um, in the project. First is targeting the exam questions to make sure they meet specific stakeholder needs. So we do this by co-creating the research questions with industry experts, making sure the answers are useful and they'll be taken forward to decision makers. We also want to build networks that outlast the project, historian networks to answer the safety challenges and networks of stakeholders that want to use their findings Another key indicator is the wider adoption of the methodologies and tools we develop. So if the techniques to explore hindsight perspectives and share those learnings are taken up by others, it'd be a really great sign. Finally, as well as encouraging use of our own heritage and education centre collections, we want to make the project an example of the benefits of opening up the doors to other collections and data sets for this type of research. So in effect, stimulating more open access to data that might otherwise be overlooked. So I think if we can achieve these things, we can really start to embed the practice of learning from the past um, as an important part of making the world safer today. It sounds absolutely fascinating. uh, And I wish you and your colleagues all the very best. That's all we've got time for today. But uh, Louise Sanger, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. 
My guest this week was Louise Sanger, Applied Research and Outreach Manager at Lloyd's Register Foundation and a member of the Foundation for Science and Technology's Foundation Future Leader Scheme. Details of the Foundation Future Leader Scheme, plus information about all of our events, all of our blogs, and all previous editions of this podcast, can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>